Good morning, Jerry. Oh, good morning, John. What the heck's going on? You surprised me there. I wasn't expecting you. Well, I just I, I was actually getting coffee while you already started the show, and so I had to shake around and move a little bit, but I made it. Well, I think I have a short-term memory problem. I pressed the button to record, and then I forgot. Oh, I forgot there was a show. I forgot that we were doing a show. That's how quickly you can forget something when you're my age. Right. And you're even older. You're even older. Yeah, two years. A lot older. Yeah. Two All years and, tw- and hey, two decades. We're here. And we're here to do Where are we? Show. Oh, and okay. maybe you can describe what this this whole doggone thing's about. Mm. All right, all right, all right. For those of you who are new to the Bro Show, the Bro Show is about two brothers. Uh, my name's Jerry. My name is John. Okay, we are brothers, actual brothers. Mm. No kidding around. The and real deal. We talk the real deal. We talk about four things every week. The first thing we talk about is we talk about a whale story. And the reason we talk about whale stories, this is the season of the whale, according mm. to us. Right? That's just our take. Where there's no reason. This is something we wanted to do. Secondly, we talk about a word that interested us. Or it may have something to do with our main topic, which we call two takes. Two takes is John and I talking about something we ran into, were concerned about, interested us, fascinated us, repulsed us, something about that then last but not least the fourth thing we talk about is groaners we get two dad jokes puns if you will and we get those from a certain place and john will tell you all about that when we do the groaners that's that's our show that's what you're in for sounds good i think we got it covered buckle up yep ready to rock hey uh have you forgotten to put any clothes on today or not let's let's get i did wear clothes today because it's really cold here in texas for us it's 26 degrees as i speak it's 42 degrees in my room. I thought I might wear some clo- some clothes, mostly blankets. I do oh, have a T-shirt on, though, John. T-shirt. t-shirt. I have a T-shirt under a long-sleeve T-shirt, and that T-shirt is, since it got washed this week, it is a season of the rat T-shirt because I'm having trouble getting over the death of Magawa, the uh, bomb-sniffing uh, award-winning. Award winning. He got a medal. I didn't realize. I'd forgotten about that. And then someone sent me a picture of the rat with a medal. And I co- I'm wearing it again. Okay. Hey, well, I got the uh, season of the whale shirt on. I uh, oh. figured what the heck. It is. A, this is a shirt that I like to wear because people are very envious, particularly when they find out they can't get it. <laughs> Ooh. Well, oh, you are you are a cruel uh, podcasting personality. So I've got the Season of the Whale shirt. Incredible. By the way, what kind of whale is that, just to remind me? On the that shirt? is a sperm whale. That is a sperm whale. Okay, that was last week's topic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we talked quite a bit about sperm whales. We had a, a really cool film we talked about. All right. So anyways, hey. yes. Uh, what, who's our sponsor, John? Our sponsor is an organization, nonprofit, called Save the Whales. And this uh, organization was formed back in nineteen. 19- uh, 77, by Maris uh, Siddensfecker. And what really appeals to us is not only that it's met the test of time, it does great work with respect to the education so that people, mostly kids, understand whales, the importance they are to our environment and to our, and our, very, to our very existence. 
And that's number one. And number two, their first revenue stream was T-shirts. Oh, and wow. you know what? We're near and dear to T-shirts. T-shirts oh, man, we're all about T-shirts. Day. Yeah, they're cool. They're cool. So they have been uh, involved in mostly education, as I mentioned, but also they have the resources and the connections to take on special projects as they come up. So when they feel that the whales have been endangered in certain ways, maybe there's explosions out in the ocean somewhere or maybe sonic booms, you name it, they're right there, they're on it, and they make sure that these types of things are taken care of. So it's a great organization, and they've got a great T-shirt. In fact, more than one, don't they? Oh, they have a bunch of them. And uh, you can just, we have the links on our show notes. You can just go there. If you want to support the organization, buy a T-shirt. That's the easiest way to do it. Also, we have a link to where you can donate, and this is a very worthwhile thing. We'll be talking more about this as the season of the whale progresses. Outstanding. Hey, John, I, I, have a, I have a question for you before we get going here. Uh, do you have your stocking cap over your ears, perchance? Oh, yeah, it's cold. Sorry. Yeah, if you could roll that up a little bit, we'll be able to hear you better. Okay. I, it's, I get tired of hollering at you, so that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. Save your voice, because, you know, after all, you're a singer, aren't okay, you? Okay, well, listen, singer? I think that segues well into our, uh, mm. into our story, the whale story that we have the day. And yeah. the, this, this has to do with a specific type of whale. And it does. last week we talked about the sperm, so I think we got even a bigger story this week, don't we? We have a bigger whale, that's for sure. Oh, okay. That's, that's, I guess, what I was implying. In fact, you know what's a little bit disappointing to me? And the first thing is, maybe you could describe where this whale fits into big whales. Is it as big as the whale last week? Is it smaller, et cetera? And uh, so how big is it? Well, how big is it? That's a good question. First of all, last week's whale was the largest predatory whale. Okay? That's a whale that actually hunts. This whale gathers more than hunts. It has a large mouth with the furry little uh, extensions coming down off the off its upper jaw that look like a curtain of brushes. And it filters out water so that it can capture shrimp and krill and very small fish. So that's what this whale, the blue whale, the largest animal ever to live on Earth, Water or earth. Bigger than dinosaurs? Much bigger than a dinosaur. Okay. That's the crazy part about it. Now, how you got, how big is big? How are you going to measure big? Can't do it only how by about length. length. Can't oh, no, do it only by length. No. Yeah. Well, got to do it by weight also. Okay. So I think this, this animal by weight is by far the largest animal and also by volume. It's just a really big animal and they can grow over 100 feet in length. That's very, very large. Pretty big. Pretty big. And it's amazing that such a large animal feeds on very small crustaceans. Krill are really small. So it's kind of amazing, you know, but they're like, they're like farmers, you know, they go, it's like a combine going through a field. I mean, they just open their mouths, they take in like uh, tons of water. And then they, they put their head up, and the water comes out the side as they move their tongue around inside there. Well, how, how much yeah. do they weigh? Are these fat critters, skinny critters? What are they? Okay, let's get some numbers. Let's uh, get some 100 numbers. Tons? 100 uh, tons, perhaps. Uh, you think it's 100 tons? 
Let's see what the kids think. I I think it's. I'm trying to find the damn thing. Is it 100 tons? Do you know that for a fact? Yeah, it's 100 tons. All right. And yeah, uh, how heavy are they? Yes, 100 to 150 tons. Yeah. And now let's let's that's compare a that. A lot to of whale. How big do you think an elephant is? Maybe seven or eight. That's right. So there's almost no comparison when you think hey, about it. It's not it's a, it's it's apples and oranges. You can't even compare it hardly. If you look at these links we got on on the show notes, this is actually fun. So here's the weight of a a, a blue whale: 100 to 150 tons, and that's equal to 14 to 21 African bush elephants. That's a lot of elephants, man. <laughs> But you know what? An animal isn't made out just strictly on size. It's also I I I I actually judge it based upon emotion. And this whale has a heart. John, the size of its heart is <laughs> John. You could you could fit inside of a blue whale's heart. Yeah, we're yeah it's the size of a small car. Hundred pounds. Yeah. Yeah, it's the size of a small car. I mean, that's crazy. When these critters are born. How much would a baby whale actually weigh, or how big is it? Okay, uh, well, they give birth, took half every two to three years. Three tons they weigh, three tons, 6,000 pounds, 2,700 kilograms. When it comes to growing, I read this a little bit Uh, further down, when they grow, is they're nursing. Animals, of course. They, when they're nursing, they're gaining 250 pounds a day. A day. A day. These critters grow fast. They really do. They do. Wow. That's like adding yeah. Dwayne Johnson or Arnold Schwarzenegger to their weight every day. How's that feel? Yeah. Pretty good. Now I want yeah. to keep this show all the belts. Okay. So I'm going to no, ask you, you some no, questions. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. You're a liar. Go ahead. Go so I'm ask some questions. I, 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 you know, right. let's get down to the meat of the matter. Tongue. Whales have yeah. very, very long tongues. Well, I don't even know how long they are, but they're surely, as I was reading down here, they are They're they're pretty big. So well, it depends. Oh, it depends on the whale. Uh, the blue whale does have a large tongue and a fat tongue, and as I said before, they use it to squish the water out of their mouth when they're harvesting a krill. So it goes sideways, you know, to get the water out. Yeah, I don't know how big they are. That's a fat tongue. Eight thousand pounds. It's a but lot. Perhaps of tongue, a, a more. Yeah, so, for example, let's say that a, a human weighs uh, about, uh, let's say, a big human weighs two hundred, two hundred fifty pounds. So yeah. you can just imagine the dramatic difference in terms of it. You could perhaps even make a ratio in terms of this tongue and get a sense of, uh, then you could perhaps then use that ratio to imply what other portions of this whale's body might be in terms of size. You're talking about the whale's so, penis now, aren't you? <laughs> no, I'm not. I can't even you are. on board. You, no, took it, not. you took it below. Because oh, I didn't I even go below. there. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, let's just go there. Let's just go there. Hey, listen, animal man. I'm interested right now in just one factor, and that is how long is the tongue. I don't know. And I couldn't find it in these. 
in this information. So I don't know. I don't know. We could, as an animal man, you could probably give an educated guess. I would say it's got to probably be 10, 15. No, it's longer than that. I think it's longer than that. It's quite a bit longer than that. See, the whales, it's, a, it's proportional to the whale's head. And, like, let's say a, a, a humpback whale's head is, is longer proportionally to its body than a blue whale. Blue whale has a oh, long dear. body. So we're maybe yeah. talking 30 feet? Well, I think, like I think it's more higher? than 10. I think it's more than 10. And remember, maybe it's got to, it's got to extend into the mouth too a little bit, into the body a little okay. bit too. It doesn't well, let's, start. Let's just throw a number out there. You're, you're an educated animal guy. So I'm going to throw out a number of like, let's say 25 feet. And we kind of get a sense of how long a human yeah, tongue is. That. So then you could come up with a tongue ratio that you could probably use to check with other parts of the whale in the human body. Or I think it's, I think it's twelve. I think it's twelve to fifteen feet. That's what I think it is. That's my guess. Twenty five would be too much because that's one quarter of the the uh, length. Okay, of the let's way. go with twenty. Yeah, uh, that's a little high, but go ahead. Okay, fifteen. <laughs> All right. I don't really care. I think it's big, no matter. It's long. It's big. That's all that counts. You we're still talking idea. about we're still talking about the tongue, right? Okay. We're all talking about the tongue here. If somebody wants to take a ratio, figure it out, measure their body, measure just the average, whatever, figure out how it fits with respect to a whale. That's of their choosing. We're not going any further than this with respect to these these measurements. Okay, just, just I am. I want to make that official. I am. <laughs> what's wrong? What's wrong with you? Half of the population in the U.S. humans have penises. Okay, so why can't we talk about it? And 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 a blue whale penis is ten feet long. Ten feet long. Okay, okay. And, and it, it's twelve twelve inches in diameter. Jeez, that's a lot. That's a load to carry. That's a load. And you know, it stays inside the body most of the time. But when duty calls. There, there are videos of whales copulating, and you can see it. And this, there's one. I don't know if it's a blue whale, but there's there's a whale out there that has a prehensile penis. Okay, prehensile yeah. penis. I, I love it. That's a word we use. That of, we use that with monkeys and their tails, dude. Or dude, lizards dude, with their tails, dude. And you dude, say they prehensile? Lie on, they lie on a whale the has a prehensile appendage. Yeah, Is that what you're yeah, telling yeah. me? That's what I'm telling you. Listen, listen. Here's what happens. They lie on their backs in the water, up above the surface. They're on the surface, lying on their backs. And that snake comes out of the male whale, goes across. <laughs> and, 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 it's going, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? It goes in. Hey, Just like that. Just like that. There's one thing that. I've okay, seen it. Well, let's okay. Okay, you've seen it. I, I respect that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let, let you be that that brother. I'll be the one who didn't get a chance to see it. But let's segue into something else. These yeah, animals probably moving, make a moving. noise while they're doing that. And aren't whales pretty loud? So they're really <laughs> loud, John. They're unbelievably loud. And uh, the loudest whale is a sperm whale. <laughs> but but the blue whale makes a big noise. Also, a really low one. Actually, they probably make some funky sounds while they're hmm. Okay. Uh, well, they're mean. <laughs> <laughs> what a thing to say. Oh, let's go below that now. Now, everybody knows who your game is, so you can just, just knock it off. Everybody knows. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I think we've learned an awful lot about a wonderful animal. Too much. Too much. <laughs> <laughs>
Goofball. Okay, okay, okay. I'll take some some responsibility for this topic getting a little bit off. How, how fast do you how do you how fast do you think these guys go when they swim? Well, I don't think they're super fast. I would go what, let's say uh, twenty miles an hour, thirty-one miles an hour, which is which is fast. Ooh, by the way, a ship. Good, I mean, yeah. a ship doesn't go anything near that. You know, you know, normal. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, normal traveling speed. You know. Is is about twelve twelve miles an hour, but they if you're you're chasing them or something like that, yeah, they take off like you wouldn't believe. And you know, that's nothing like a lot of the other animals. You know, they can't they can't do it, and they don't look like they're going fast, but they're going fast. You know, a porpoise might go like seventy <laughs> miles per hour, something like that. Anyway, uh, I'm I'm digressing. I get a little carried away with these whales. We need to keep moving because we got a show to do. Right? Hey, we got a show. We got a word. What's the word? It's a word that's kind of connected with our two takes topic. It's poll tax. P-O-L-L. Perhaps you can talk a little bit about, you know, we came up with this word because we learned that there was a time in the good old days of the U.S. history where poll tax was pretty important. It was. And, you know, I I misunderstood this at first. I spelled it wrong. P-O-L-E. And I thought that's when you go to one of those dance clubs. I figured dollars was the only denomination you had. All you had to do was carry a few bucks and you were in like Flynn. No, we were wrong about that. It's not P-O-L-E. It's P-O-L-L. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, this is a fixed tax levied on all persons of a certain area, especially as a condition of voting in elections. Right. They had these for a long time in Europe. That's where it originated. Right. And it, it kind of carried its way over here to the United States. So there was a period yeah. of time where in order to vote, I mean, it was a revenue generator for the government. Okay. Well, they didn't have income tax until 1912 or something, right? That's right. Exactly. And this was one of the ways they raised money. What's your deal? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Yeah. So, so, hey, are you ready? I think I'm ready because, you know, I'll talk a little bit about uh, our topic. And our topic has to do with the fact that we right now are in the midst of a lot of upheaval, upheaval in our U.S. government in Washington, D.C. as it relates to voting rights. And it always kind of – I'm the kind of guy who says, look, hey, what's the big deal here? We can vote. This is something that our Constitution gave us. Well, it didn't quite go that far. In fact, the U.S. Constitution in 1787 – did not explicitly even address the issue of voting, said, look, we'll let the states take care of that. So it became a state right, and each state had its own set of rules. But as the history progressed, we learned that there were certain amendments that took place that allowed, that brought this more into the, to make an equal representation by giving more people the right to vote. The 14th Amendment gives us, in 1868, U.S. citizens as a, as basically a foundation, a, a floor, if you're a U.S. citizen, you got to be a U.S. citizen to vote. But even then, you might not be able to vote even though you're a citizen. So what do we have? We have race covered with the 15th Amendment. We've got gender. Women can vote with the 19th Amendment in 1920. And then by 1971, we've got age when somebody said, you know what? If they're old enough to go to be, to be drafted and go to Vietnam and get killed, should be given the right to vote. So we and drink and drink beer at least. <laughs> yeah, drink, yeah, for a while, right? Less than right? twenty-one, too. Yeah, Wisconsin. Those were the good old days. And so, in 1971, 
uh, the the age of 18 was the the the, the federal the rule of, rather than 21. But what's amazing about this, as we look at it, there's a lot of holes, and even by having all those amendments, and I think the biggest hole that I ran into was Native Americans. Oh. Native Americans, basically, with the with the with the Indian American Indian Citizen uh, Rights Act of 1924, were given the right to vote. You say, well, wait a minute, what's the big deal here? We got race covered. We got U.S. citizen. The problem is a large majority of the Indians were not citizens. And the reason they weren't citizens is because quite often they gave up the rights early on in our history when they, uh, when people came over, they said, by the way, you want to you, you, you you basically hunt on this property? Okay, we'll barter here a little bit. You give up your rights as a citizen, go ahead, keep hunting. So as a result, oh. it took an individual act in 1924 to give Indians the right to vote because a lot of them were not citizens. So I wow. thought that was pretty cool. I didn't so, know that. So in 19, so here's here. What we've got is that we've got some basic rules, but when it comes to the deeps, it all still resides with each state. And we, we're talking here about voters' rights. We're talking about federal elections. Some of the rules deal with you know, more than that, all elections. So what we've got to do is we've got to address this by way of legislation. And uh, legislation, actually, I first ran into it. I was uh, doing a little bit of, of, of work looking to the 50s. And even earlier than the, the, the dramatic civil rights, the, the, the big act, the, the Voting Act of 1965, before that, there were several efforts to, to bring up forth more specifics, dealing with specifically issues of racial discrimination. And... <clears throat> So one of the earlier ones I ran into was 1957, where they tried to do this. They tried to basically make it broader and say, hey, look, we've we got to deal with issues such as vote, voting booths, uh, time you can vote, uh, do you have to be able to read and write, uh, can idiots vote, whatever, you know, all these different oh. situations. <laughs> I know that's getting – wow. So what, what has happened is that by – what happens in order to bring forth the the Civil Rights, the Voting Rights Act of 1965, which is considered the, 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 the cornerstone of, of voting, is you've got to have a certain atmosphere that brings things together. And the three things that, brought, that were brought together, you've got to have judicial, uh, a lot of law, there were a lot of court cases that basically broadened it. So they okay. interpreted the law in a broader way. Which basically begs the question, well, if you're coming up with these court cases, why don't we make it law? In addition, the states were, many of the states, not all of them, were making so that you could, you know, making it easier to vote. But probably the most important factor that plays into this is what I I would call the peoples, the peeps. Civil rights movement was very, very big in the mid-60s. So you put this confluence of issues, whether it be judicial, whether it be state legislation, or be the people, all come together, and we've got a very wily uh, uh, politician by the name of Lyndon Johnson as president, who's able to, he's a mover and shaker, because he spent so much time in Congress, that he's able to to pull things off and come up with this dramatic law that, and the law has a lot to it, but we want to concentrate on the fact that what it did is it made it possible for, on a a federal level, level, that racial discrimination 
not only could be addressed in terms of a process. So that process meant that if you felt if there was there's, there was issues such as certain states were not uh, in accordance with with what people would consider to be uh, they were they were using discriminatory practices and what those states would have to do is they would have to go if they wanted to change their law to make it even worse they'd have to go through a process that went through the federal government so mm -hmm. this was considered a, a, a very big big piece of what brings us forth with voter rights so why yep. is voter rights now such a big deal well. Uh, We've got this mm. other part of the government called the judicial part, the Supreme Court. Yes. And what the Supreme Court did is they took a, there was court cases brought forth which basically challenged the 1965 Voters' Right Act. And they challenged it by saying, look, what's happening here is you're using old rules that were put in 1965 and trying to apply them to the, the 2000, this and so back in 2013, the U.S. Supreme Court basically took certain sections of that Voters Act and said that they're invalid, they can't be used. This took the teeth out of the law and makes it so if, a, if it used to be that if a, if a uh, state or a local uh, jurisdiction was doing something wrong, they would and change, they would have to bring it forth to the federal government. So you could holler and yeah. say, and the feds would look at it. Mm -hmm. That's right. But, it, it could be, but now what happens is the burden of proof lies on each individual who have to maybe go to the ACLU or they've tried to get it's a very yeah, it's voter. It's, very, voter. it's on the voter. Each voter has to do it. And this is a very complicated, cumbersome, long drawn out process when it used to be very, very efficient when we can deal with discrimination. So here we are. We're at a point now where that's now being I think we're. What are the, the, the forces right now that are working? Well, we've got actually divisive forces because we've got a we've got the movement with Black Lives Matters here, but we don't have necessarily the other pieces of the puzzle we need. We know no, we that don't. the federal government has is kind of there's we've got a divisiveness with respect to Republicans and Democrats. So that's the reason we're running into a stalemate. But to me, it's a, a, you know it, it, it's a difficult a difficult process, and we need to understand. That as we go forward, new things are going to happen that are going to require yeah. us to address this issue again. We're going to have to go through the same process. We've done it yep. most recently with the fact that, you know, it used to be, well, you go to the booth, you vote. Well, now what you can do is you can vote online, perhaps you can do absentee vote, this and that, whatever. The technology allows us now to be more efficient. But it also raises on the Republican side of it, raises issues of, well, if, it, if it's more efficient, if there's got to be something wrong with it, uh, it's, it's people are going to be able to maneuver and, and, and yep. vote maybe that are allowed to, or maybe it'll screw up the totals. Who knows what? Mm. So that's, mm. you know, I, I took a look and I feel at least I know a little bit more after researching this, this topic. So that's what I, I only have. I only have one thing to add, John. What? You know. Uh, yeah, one thing. Our grand, our grandmother, our grandmother was part of the movement to allow women to vote. Remember this, right? Um, Grandma Daniels. I like it. Okay, uh, I know she, who you're talking about. Yeah, Elsie Daniels was uh, part of that movement. She in in the Wellston part of St. Louis. She was a force to be reckoned with. That's what I've been told, and I believe it's true. I've seen the articles written about her in the newspaper. So she was a big deal. 
And what was that movement called? That was called the suffragette movement. Yes. And I thought that, and, and then I noticed people use the word suffrage in place of the word vote. And I thought to myself, right. why are they doing that? What the hell does suffrage actually mean? You know? Well, I mean, I always thought of it in terms of just woman suffrage. I mean, those two words kind of go no. together. No, it's, a middle, it's oh. the Middle Ages. It comes from the Middle Ages. That's where the word originated. Bring it on. It used to mean prayers. It used to mean prayers. Ah. Yeah. So it evolved prayers to the right to vote. The first form of suffrage was something that the noblemen and landowners reluctantly gave up. They suffered people voting. Thus, it was called mm. suffrage. There it is. You got it. That's all I got. Such a deal. I appreciate you bringing yep. that up. I know that I, I knew that my grandmother in Wellston had a, a lot of clout, political clout, but I didn't yep. know that it really goes all the way back to voting. Such a deal. Yeah. Here we go. I'm ready for a groaner. Okay. How about you? Maybe two. Hey, yeah, we, we, we're we going to get two groaners. And I'll tell you, these groaners are brought to us, uh, provided to us by Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr., come here, mm. the coach. Coach. Coach has come through. Coach has delivered, as usual. So let's start. What mm -hmm. kind of fish do you put on a Peter, a peanut, penis, I mean a peanut. Did you say penis? Sandwich? I can't believe you said I said peanut. You said penis butter. <laughs> I know you did. On a peanut butter sandwich. I'm trying what to keep this show above, above the belt. Yeah. What? What, what kind of what fish? Kind of, you put on a peanut butter sandwich. I don't know. Jellyfish. Oh, John, that's good. I like it because it's a marine animal, right? Okay, you know, I'm on a kangaroo kick. So I'm going to give you another oh, kangaroo groaner, okay? Oh, I get it. All right, go ahead. What is a kangaroo's favorite restaurant? What is a kangaroo's favorite restaurant? I don't know that one at all. IHOP. <laughs> oh, well, you know those are those uh, are good. Those are good. They're not great. They're good though. They're not bad enough. That's, and they're we not don't great want enough. great groaners. We want to groan. Come on. 